Welcome to r slash malicious compliance, where what are you doing, stepdaughter? Hey everyone, this is Dabney, aka r slash. And before I get into today's episode, I just want to say that I have started a brand new YouTube channel. So if you like my content and you want to see more, or if you just want to support me, then go to the description to find the link to my new channel. I'm experimenting with a new type of content that I've never done before where I'm actually going to be on camera. So I would really, really appreciate it if you could check out my new channel, drop a like, subscribe, and let me know what you think. Anyways, on to today's episode. Our next Reddit post is from McDonald Shower Fries. The story begins when I was a 13-year-old girl. I'm now an 18-year-old girl. We had recently moved to a new house, and my door no longer had a lock on it. Because of this, I requested my mom and stepdad to knock before entering to avoid any awkward scenes, but no dice. My stepdad's words were, I'm your parent, so I don't need to knock. What are you hiding? This made 13-year-old me very angry because I cared about my privacy a lot. I went to my biological dad's that weekend and he said this to me, which sparked inspiration. If you don't want your stepdad to enter your room, make him never want to enter your room without knocking again. Cue the malicious compliance. When 13-year-old me got home from school one day, I proceeded to strip. I sat on my bed playing my 3DS and waited for the moment to come. Of course, about 30 minutes into Pokemon Super Mystery Dungeon, my stepdad barges in. Hey, I need you to take out the what the f***? He ran out and slammed the door. Why aren't you wearing clothes? 13-year-old me, being a smartass, decided to say, well, it's very hot in here. I'd like to point out that I live in the southern United States, and it gets very hot during most months. I added, and I did ask you to knock. Obviously, knocking became a frequent thing for every single room in the house after that point. And, oh yeah, my mom bought me a hook lock for the door after that. Sorry if this was short, I have more stories, but I figured my first should be something that I'm sure we've all gone through at some point. So, this is a story where your stepdad could have unironically said, What are you doing, stepdaughter? Our next Reddit post is from Pallid Bat. This happened about 15 years ago. I was a team lead at an IT help desk for a company that provided outsourced support to companies in a specific profession. This profession is known for having employees who are very demanding and need everything right now. One of the people I supervised was, let's say, challenging. We'll call him George. George came in late like 15 days out of every month. He spoke in a mostly incomprehensible mumble, and he'd been caught by callers multiple times falling asleep and snoring while on a phone call. He's also not so great at troubleshooting, and even worse at documenting his troubleshooting steps. At this point, I'd been on a months-long crusade to have him fired because he was dragging down the team and giving me a constant headache because I had to follow up with his disgruntled users. One morning, I got a phone call from a newer user who was extremely agitated and already angry about his computer issues. I barely got off my standard greeting when he said this. Look, I'm sure you're really good at whatever it is you do here, but can I talk to one of the men? I need this done right now. I'm never exactly sure why people think that my lady parts make me incompetent with the computer, but hey, he did ask for a man, so I'm happy to oblige. I check around the room. It's early, so no one else is on a call. 
Gee, who on earth should I send this ray of sunshine to? Obviously, I informed George that my caller wants a man and is insisting, so I'm transferring the call to him. George spends a good 30 minutes on the call. I hear him snoring at some point, and he's getting nowhere with the issue. The guy that he's working with is getting so angrily loud that I can hear him over George's headsets. Finally, the user demands to speak to George's manager. So George transfers him back to me, and I sweetly apologize for the delay in resolving his issue. And I say that I'd be happy to help him with this problem, if he's okay with me working on it. For some mysterious reason, now he's fine with that. I know the exact fix, because I helped the in-house IT people test it out. I have him all fixed up in two minutes flat. I have never heard such a meek. Thank you. The dude ended up asking for me a lot of the time after that, which, thanks, I guess. At least he was always polite to me. And since people are asking, yes, George finally got fired a few months later, long after I'd ever given up hope. Down in the comments, we have this post from Canberra Flojo. It's hard for women to work in IT because they have to skip over the step where you plug your penis into the computer. Down in the comments, we have this post from username Emma. Lol, I used to work in a pharmacy, and I worked really hard to understand most problems. I was once helping a man and trying to explain to him that his insurance doesn't cover a $15 extension charge that he agreed to because it was a fee for being late on refilling his medication and was designed to compensate our company for the extra paperwork we had to do to finish his meds ASAP. It had nothing to do with the cost of his medication, and his insurance wouldn't cover it no matter what. He cut me off while I was apologizing for the misunderstanding and said, I don't want to speak to you. I want to speak to him. And he pointed at my male colleague. My colleague comes up to the man and doesn't even repeat what I said. He just says, she's correct. Yes, she told you. She also pointed out the sign when telling you the price. It was pretty great. Eventually, he storms off, and his partner has to come in and meekly request his medication since the guy realized that he couldn't live without it. And he would have to pay the $15, but he didn't feel like having to look us in the eye when he confessed to his mistake. I especially like when customers ask for my less experienced male coworker to help them instead of me. And since he doesn't know how to do certain things, he ends up asking me, and I end up having to walk my colleague through it in front of the customer, just so the customer can have a man help them. Which, of course, takes much longer than just letting me do it. Today's episode is sponsored by Coinbase. My second biggest regret is not starting my YouTube channel sooner. My biggest regret is not getting into Bitcoin back when it was like $1. I remember back when Bitcoin was super new, I was interested in it, and I thought about buying some, but I lost interest because I didn't know what to do and it felt a little overwhelming. I really wish that I could have used a site like Coinbase back then. Coinbase is a website that makes it super easy to buy cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Ethereum. Interested in getting into the crypto game yourself? Then check out Coinbase. For a limited time, new users can get $10 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at coinbase.com slash r slash podcast. Sign up at coinbase.com slash r slash podcast for $10 in free Bitcoin. This offer is for a limited time only, so be sure to sign up today. That's coinbase.com slash r slash podcast. Our next Reddit post is from Darman. 
I was a one-man IT shop at a small manufacturer. I'd been there for years. I was actually the third employee ever hired, and now the company was at like 120 people. I was very frugal, but in smart ways. I got a lot done for a little money, and I was always looking out for the company. The owner recognized and respected this. Anyhow, we had gotten big enough where I didn't report to the owner anymore, and I was assigned to report to an inexperienced accountant who got her degree from some sketchy online school. She was going to change the world. I used to be able to just buy anything I wanted because the owner knew that whenever I asked for a company credit card, I'd already done my homework and it would be good for the company. Well, now, if anything cost over 500 bucks, I had to go through this process with her to justify it. That alone wouldn't have bugged me, except that this woman had no real business savvy or common sense. It was just painful to me to try to explain the most obvious things to her, and she would fight it just because she was power tripping or something. For example, I was trying to justify having at least one computer loaded up and ready to go just in case someone else's broke. She balked at having $1,500 sitting on a shelf unused. I tried to explain that at least once a month, someone's computer would break. But all she could see was the $1,500 sitting unused most of the time. She couldn't understand the real cost of a broken computer, that that person could no longer do their job effectively. That meant parts not getting ordered, jobs not getting expedited, emails not getting returned, etc. If a computer broke, I would have to drop everything to react to that situation and order overnight parts. The true impact cost to the company was several hundreds of dollars every month. She just couldn't see that having a spare computer would pay for itself in half a year or so. After half an hour of fighting her over this, I had an epiphany. I just told her she was right and left. So any purchase I made under 500 bucks didn't need to be approved at all. Now, moving forward, nothing I ever bought was over 500 bucks. I didn't buy just one spare computer. I bought three by buying the individual parts and assembling them into computers. Servers, network storage, why justify to a bean counter who wouldn't understand anyway? I would just buy all the parts and assemble them myself. Dual monitors for everybody! Bite me, Charmaine! Hmm, I wonder if Charmaine has a car, because if you think about it, a car's just sitting around for like 95% of its life. Probably even more than that, probably closer to like 99% of its life. But, you know, that 1% of the time that you actually need it, a car is pretty important. Our next Reddit post is from Interested Observer. This happened in a company I worked at over a decade ago. I was a technician working on large machines. We had numerous clients and were assigned to a given site. The site that I worked on was across the border, so I couldn't live near it, and I had a one-hour commute each way every day. I got no expenses or mileage for this because it was my assigned site. After working for this company for a while, I got promoted to stop doing routine maintenance and work on more complex projects. Most of these projects were on a site near to where I live, so that suited me just fine. However, the company told me that they didn't have any budget to increase my wage, which is where the malicious compliance came in. I combed through their rules and regulations as well as my contract, and I found that if you had to travel to a site that was not your assigned site, you got paid as if you had driven from your assigned site to whatever other one you were working on. 
my assigned site was classified as being 1.5 hours from the site that I was doing most of my work on. So I was allowed to claim those 1.5 hours as hours worked on my timesheet. So every day I would put down 1.5 hours commute there, 1.5 hours commute home, and 8 hours of regular work. Anything over 8 hours work today was paid at overtime rates. So for those three hours of commuting, I was getting paid for four and a half hours. Since my contract said that I was assigned to site A and I was mostly working on site B, there was nothing they could do about it and my country has pretty decent employee protections. So I would have had to agree to a contract change, which obviously I was not going to do. They told me numerous times that they were going to change my assigned site, but until the day that I quit, they were never able to. The length of my new commute was about 10 to 15 minutes each way. Interesting. So they said they didn't have the budget, but somehow when you charge them for an extra 50% of your income, magically they could pay you. So turns out there's no room in the budget for raises, but there is room in the budget for screw-ups. Our next Reddit post is from Metasif. I work for my family's company. It's an odd, specific line of work, so I'm going to be vague on those details. While working for the company, I'm a subcontractor that just uses the company vehicles and supplies. The pay isn't really salaried or hourly, but it breaks down that we get paid a set amount of money for every 5 hours that we work. So X dollars for 0 to 5 hours of work, 2X dollars for 5 to 10 hours of work, 3X dollars for 10 to 15 hours of work, and so on. Also, we use company funds for food and fuel on long-distance jobs. This will be important later. My coworker and I did a five-and-a-half-hour run in only four hours and 45 minutes by not stopping for food and fueling up when we returned the company vehicle. Since this run is very common and it's widely acknowledged that it's five-and-a-half to six hours start to finish, we suggested that we should get the 2x pay, even though we were 15 minutes short. Basically, we made up that time by not eating and being pretty good at the procedures and job that we do. We got denied the two times pay rate because, by the numbers, we didn't meet the five-hour cutoff. So we saved the company money on food, and they're now only paying us half the staff wage. Well, fair is fair. We didn't meet the timeline, so lesson learned. Since then, I've taken at least five hours and two minutes on every job that I can stretch it out to. We park at rest areas, go inside for food instead of drive through take a longer route, anything within reason to make sure that I'm at the two times rate. Down in the comments, we have this post from Tracy Min. Well done. Parents can be a pain to work for. When my son was six weeks old in the middle of January, my parents went on a cruise. They ran the local skating rink. My parents gave me a list of times that I had to be there to accept deliveries. For example, the soda was being delivered between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. They showed up at 2, so we left and locked up at 2.30. I was clocked in from 10 to 2.30. My parents shorted me four hours of pay that week. They only paid me for the time of the actual delivery. I said, that's fine. From then on, I gave the delivery people my number and I had them call me when they got there. They can sit and wait on the clock while I bundle up my infant and pack up and drive over to take the delivery. My parents can either pay me to wait for minimum wage or pay the delivery company prime rates to wait. My parents paid me for the four hours and never quibbled over that again. That was r slash malicious compliance. And if you like this content, check out my second YouTube channel by clicking the link in the description.